All right, welcome to Rebel High Command Cast, an Imperial Assault podcast for 2023 and beyond. This podcast is hosted by the IA Command YouTube channel and sponsored by listeners like you through Patreon. Thank you to everyone who sponsors the channel. If you want to help support Imperial Assault content in 2023, head over to patreon.com slash IA Command and become a patron today. This is episode number 20. I am your host, TV Boy, a.k.a. Noah, and I'm joined by my co-host, The Second Flock, a.k.a. Wesley. How you doing, Wesley? Doing great. It's a fine and very stormy morning out here for us. Nice. And Well, we actually just got our first couple days of warm weather after a seemingly endless winter, so it seems we've swapped, <laughs> swapped weather. <Yep. laughs> Does it stay long, uh, warm for long up there? Uh, usually it starts getting warm around March, and it gets cold, starts getting cold around September or October, but uh, it's been cold and wet until just about two or three days ago. So everybody's outside, uh, and it's extremely crowded outdoors. <laughs> well, great blessings for you guys. That's awesome. I can't wait for it to become like that once again here. Alright, so our main topic for this podcast episode is going to be our early experiences with Season 8 after one week being out. Uh, so early experience and uh, maybe some rules questions too that have come up uh, around the cards. Um, so first we're going to do community updates, so I'm going to cut to that. Alright, so a big announcement is if you are playing in the Season 8 Playtest League or you still wanted to join... Um, we are moving over from Challenge over to a new site called RollBetter.gg. I just made an announcement in Discord and Slack uh, and tagged everybody. But basically what we need everyone to do is, if you are already playing in the Playtest League or you wanted to join, uh, use the link in the either in the video description here or that I posted um, into Slack and Discord uh, to sign up on the Playtest League page for RollBetter.gg. Uh, we're gonna and then we're gonna keep putting in people's scores for round two on challenge. So if you're in round two of the playtest league, go ahead and just enter your score normally in challenge. We're gonna get all that manually inputted into rollbetter.gg, and then moving forward, we're gonna be in that, and that's gonna better allow us to um, manually edit matches. It's also gonna allow us to add people into the league midway through, which is what we said we would be doing. Um, and it's also fully integrated with Discord, so it's gonna be a lot easier for people to find their opponents. Uh, by looking at their Discord uh, handle that's going to be displayed next to their whatever their uh, role better username is, so there's no confusion there. So that's going to make things a lot smoother. Um, also, if you are playing playtest games outside of the league, uh, make sure to be uploading your Vassal logs, so log your games and upload them. Or if you didn't save a log, or if you're not even playing on Vassal, if you're like playing printed cards or whatever on Tabletop Simulator, um, there is a survey form you can fill out to input your lists, your opponent lists, uh, the results, the mission you played on, and leave any feedback. Uh, We really appreciate people doing that if you don't have a log to upload. All of those can be found on the um, Playtest League uh, article on the main website at ia-continuityproject.com. We really appreciate you guys submitting that data so we can um, analyze and look at what's being played and what's winning and how it's being played. It's all very helpful. Uh, And finally, if you're in the Portland, Oregon area, we're going to be having a tournament on May 6th, which is coming up this weekend. 
it's actually going to be an FFG tournament, so you don't have to print out any ICP cards. We're trying to kind of rebuild the community over here, starting off with just the base game. So um, come down to the Portland Game Store on May 6th. The tournament starts at noon, uh, and there's actually going to be myself and another steering committee members coming down for that as well. So it'll be great to meet people in person. Um, if you're able to come down, definitely come check us out. It's the Portland Game Store over on North Killingsworth Street. All right, back to the show. All right, and we are back. So let's get into some comms chatter here where uh, we're going to talk about some uh, a listener email or comment on a previous uh, podcast episode. Uh, if you want to have your question answered or comment read on the air, you can leave a comment on the YouTube videos, uh, specifically the podcast episodes, but any of the YouTube videos, I will often pick from them. Or you can send an email to iacommand01 at gmail.com. So today's comment is going to be from uh, Pwned, P-O-N-3-D, uh, who's a recent uh, new member to our community. It's been great having him, um, seeing him playing games online. Uh, and he posted on the previous podcast episode our Season 8 full uh, full set review. Uh, he's been tweaking some of my lists, some of, well, he's been tweaking some of my lists since Boss got one point cheaper and can confirm that seven points is way easier to fit than eight. It really does feel like six and seven are the cutoff point for pieces to be strong without stealing space from other figures. What do you think about that comment about eight being kind of a cutoff point uh, for for pieces being able to fit into a list? Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, when I was doing the preview stuff for Bosk and saw that he had just dropped to seven... I and actually considered just like putting together a list in Tabletop Admiral and using that to showcase like what an effect that made because that one point feels like it just lets you bring in so much more. Uh, sometimes it's the difference between bringing in a couple of like extra support units you didn't really need versus being able to bring another heavy hitter. And I do think that that eight point we even talked about this in the season eight previews uh, is kind of that point where you you're not a queen piece but you're you need to be more than a knight piece. Um, because you are kind of stealing away from potential other strong units in your list. Right, I think that's where we mentioned that uh, Calcestis had to be strong enough to do one and a half tacks versus mm -hmm. just one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we talked about how, like, if you have five points of support in your list, then you could fit mm -hmm. five seven-point figures alongside that, so there's, like, mathematical tenant to it um, if you have five seven point figures and you downgrade, downgrade one of them to six and one of them to five you could fit another three points of support a lot of lists like yeah. to have like eight points of support in them so uh, once you go up yeah. to eight you have to start cutting from the other combat f uh, figures in your list and you don't get as much support on top of that so right when you start bringing eight-point <coughs> deployments, you maybe fit three to four strong attack deployments in your list. Um, if you keep it around seven, you can fit four to five if you drop one or two of those to six. So yeah. definitely how that feels. Yep, exactly. So that seems to have helped with figures like Ahsoka, who was formerly eight, now seven. Um, I think we've done that with a few other... I think Biv was eight and went down to seven. Biv Bodrick. Mm. 
Oh. He also got a rework, so. Well, his sure. his rework was eight points when it first came out, uh, and then in season five, he was one of the ones that got dropped by a point from eight to seven. So. Yeah, now we're doing the same thing with uh, Verena. Yeah, Verena too. I I've wanted to try her out. She's on my lo- list of lists to play. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think uh, we could all foresee that with the way that you wrote about her so spectacularly as uh, IACP's John Wick. Oh, I I didn't write that. That was Josh. Mm. So I'm glad you liked his John I Wick article. I did. I did like his John Wick article. <clears throat> well, we'll get into games we played soon, but uh, we actually started a campaign yesterday, me and a few friends, and I almost picked Farina. Uh-huh. In part because I kept thinking of her as John Wick. <laughs> Just yeah, that's kind of how she is in the campaign. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Do we want to get into games we played? Sure. Um. I can go ahead and continue on. So I had a uh, a friend that I you know sometimes have known since high school, and he's just starting to watch when I stream recently, and he goes, "Oh, what's this game?" And I tell him about Imperial Assault and everything, and he's like, oh, that sounds cool, and I have Tabletop Simulator, let's do it. And I have one other friend that was in my previous campaigns, and he, all three of us were kind of a friend group since high school, so we were like, yeah, let's do it, let's have a casual game. Uh, So we set up, and I set them on the core campaign, and we did that through Tabletop Simulator yesterday. And then what I did was I shared my second monitor screen, and I pulled up Imperial Commander 2. Um... Because in my last experience playing as the Empire with friends, um, they, they don't like how <coughs> good I am at the game. <laughs> so, we played together, we did, uh, what is it called, Aftermath? Like, the first mission of the core campaign. And we left the app at regular difficulty, but surprisingly, we lost. Uh, just barely, we had, like, two health left on the final terminal... Uh, but the AI spawned a Death Trooper and it ran up to the terminal and then it had two blocks and it had some bonus to weaken all of us. And so it was like a two block figure and or all weakened. And we're uh, level one, you know, first mission of the campaign. We can maybe get four symbols on a dice if we're lucky. Yeah. And we had half a round to go. We just couldn't pull it out. But it was still a lot of fun and the friends said, like, oh, this is really cool. Let's do it again. Well, that's always a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to plan to continue that. We had a lot of fun. Um, I went with Dracotta, and it was really cool. A lot of her stuff seems really cool. I've been, uh, I guess I've been playing a little more heavy weapons lately, because um, we'll talk about a skirmish game in a second here. And then my friends took... Uh, my one friend that has played the game before took Vinto and was kind of like lukewarm on him, but liked his funny design because he wasn't that huge of a Star Wars fan. He's like, oh, he's got a flappy mouth. That's cool. <laughs> and then when he started pinging people early in the game and like every attack he did did an extra damage to the next stormtrooper and he started killing two or three figures in some turns, he was like, oh, this guy's really cool. <laughs> and uh, then the other friend that was just getting introduced to it went with Diala. And that was that was a lot of fun, and then we decided to add a fourth, you know, support character, our donkey mule, and we went with Murn. Yep. Um, and she was there. She actually pulled quite a bit of weight, so that was fun. 
came in clutch a couple times. Almost helped us win. Or almost got us the win. And now we have a punch dagger, and we spent all our money on that. <laughs> so we're going to see where <laughs> we go next. And then, uh, so I've been getting into streaming uh, over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thesecondflock. And I've done a couple streams where we go over the Season 8 content. But last week I was able to get a host online, one of my other friends, and we actually went through Tabletop Simulator, the skirmish mod, and played a Season 8 game live for everyone to watch. And if anyone's hearing this and is interested, give me a message over on uh, the second flock at youtube.com or youtube.com slash the second flock or the Discord, still the second flock. Uh, if you would be interested in showing up live as either an opponent from me or an opponent for another mystery player, as I'm hoping to continue doing this throughout the playtesting season, uh, streaming about once a week. But I. Had my friend look up a list, uh, he just went to Tabletop Admiral and found one that he thought was cool, and it was Imperial Hunters with uh, the Inquisitor, the new second sister, and a bunch of other hunters, and I went with a list focused on Rebel Heavy Weapons, so I basically did my own take on the Season 7 Sabador list by squeezing in both Phase and Orbital Bombardment into the list. I know Bombardment's one of those cards that I think people have to consciously choose to play since it is the highest cost skirmish uh, upgrade in the game right now. And that game was quite a bit of fun. Um, I thought that bringing Orbital Bombardment was kind of inefficient for the way I wanted to build my list. Uh, I even had a comment someone saying, hey, I, you didn't put R2-D2 or 3PO on your list. You're making Or Heavy Fire. You're making some bold choices. I'm like, yeah, I had to make some bold choices. I needed to bring a four-point skirmish upgrade and another figure of four points that I didn't want to attack for three rounds. <laughs> so uh, the game was going well, and I thought that being inefficient enough would make up for our skill gap because uh, he is a much more, uh, I would say, you know, less experienced in the game. But he, we, it still wound up becoming pretty one-sided. Um, we got to round three, and I thought I was going to do something really cool. I had Saw, who was holding the Orbital Bombardment, run out, and as part of Orbital Bombardment, you can make an attack. So I had Saw do an attack, charge three more to tokens on Orbital Bombardment, and now it, my opponent has like five figures, half of them are at like three health or less, and I have six tokens on Orbital Bombardment. I'm like, great, cool. End of Saw's turn. I'm going to change of plans, and I exhaust Kotun to ready Saw, and I'm like, yeah, now I'm going to go again with Saw, and I'm going to, you know, blow up the field, and that's when I played Strength in Numbers, and I'm like, yeah, I just finished activating Saw, but I readied him with change of plans, now I'm going to Strength in Numbers, because Saw is 4 points, 4 plus 4 is 8, it's less than 12, I can Strength in Numbers, and he's just going to instantly blow everything up. And that's when I realized that uh, the word another group is on strength in numbers, uh, which I took to mean, oh, like, even though it wasn't intended that there's a way you can chain your own activation twice, that word prohib prohibits it just in case, you know? Um, so I, that happened as I realized it, and I was like, uh-oh, saws in the open, and uh, I guess I can't play strength in numbers right now. 
So my opponent went and he went and destroyed Saw in like one attack with his Grand Inquisitor, and it made me sad. <laughs> but then I was able to play Final Stand on Baze, who was in range, and and I I did at least get some fun out of this because I had Baze make the attack. I think he killed my opponent's BT, yeah, his BT droid. And off of the BT kill, I was like, well, the final stand attack happens before Saw is defeated. Mm. And Saw has triggers, like, when you do an attack. So I was able to use Saw's ability to pitch a command card to do damage to people around him. And also Saw's other ability to get the weaken onto someone else. And I was like, well, at least I got to activate all of Saw's, you know, fun tools as he was dying. That was Saw's parting shot right there because of the way it interacted with Final Stand. That's true. It does. It does work. Um, yep. And he would be. Uh, you would be able to use his abilities uh, before. Before the figure is defeated. Yeah, that that totally works. Yeah. So I thought that was really fun, and it made me feel a little less salty that I had ruined my own bombardment. <laughs> Because uh, then Saw died and my opponent got, you know, eight points right there. And uh, I had him sitting in a corner three rounds for not much of anything. I'd also forgotten his own ability for most of the game, too. So that didn't help. But by the end of round three, it was uh, 35 to 17. And we just kind of called it there. And hopefully I can get two opponents at the same time. And I can, you know, focus on the production and commentary side of things. And not also be playing in the game at the same time. I think that would be a lot of fun to do stream like that. And you can force them to put orbital bombardment in their lists. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's have the orbital mirror match. I'm sure we'll get great data that way. You're gonna play this card and you're gonna like it. Maybe I'll just have to keep trying. <laughs> but man, Baze is strong. Uh, he might actually be worth dropping like a, a Rebel Sabador set to put in a few more support points that I feel like the list kind of needed. Yeah, I didn't... I have, I, I started watching the stream, and I didn't get to keep watching when Bay started doing his thing, so it'll be interesting to go back and watch that. <clears throat> yeah, I think... Uh, I know I sent the playtest surveys and you got that. In the notes, I left a couple timestamps of where I think the interesting stuff with Season 8 figures happened. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Let's see. I have that, that open. Save some time on. Nice. Yeah, I think I have it open here, right here. Um. Let's see. Is it this one? Nope. I think you guys are the second response. Okay. Here we go. Uh, yeah, he said, Baze is very strong, but not a problem, as opponent wasn't prepared for him. Yeah. Uh, he said, last stand, I think that's final stand, was really strong, letting Baze attack, heal, play collateral damage to confirm a kill, and activate both of Saw's ability as Saw was dying. Second sister died before doing anything, orbital bombardment almost went off with six tokens. Uh, and then you have, like, timestamps. Yep. Nice. Yeah, the, the only downside to that game is Second Sister ran up and got shot. So we don't know how great she is. 
Is that the only game you've played of Season 8 this week? So far, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've been playing quite a bit, more than I usually do. Um, <clears throat> somewhat in part to one of our newer players um, being on the same gaming time as me. So Sphinx and I have played a couple <laughs> games this week, because he plays late like, like I, I like to play. Um, so I played a game that was... Uh, and both of these games are up on the YouTube channel, so you guys can just go watch them there, but... <clears throat> I played a game of Chewie and some other uh, smugglers and technicians. So I had Chewie, Jared, Jin Odon, Cassian, Rebel Care Package, and I think one other figure that I can't remember. Uh, versus Sphinx, who was playing um, the three Force Hunters, so Mara... Grand Inquisitor and Second Sister, and then he also had um, Blaze, Thrawn, and Del Miko, and Del Miko had Vader's finest. Uh, so that was kind of uh, nutty. Uh, I think I think Vader's finest and Del Miko had not crossed paths during development. So wait, let me pull up my this builder. Here we go. Oh. In playtesting. Yeah, so I think Zion's, not Zion's, <laughs> Vader's Finest. Um, Vader's Finest had a lot of different versions up until, like, the very end where we were voting on finalizing things. And so I don't know if that particular version ever got tested with uh, Del Mico. It was being tested with a lot of other stuff. So this, uh, these two, and Del Mico, I think, too, has also went through a bit of a a lot of revisions, so I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if they only existed together in these versions for a very sh short amount of time before they went out the door. Um, mm -hmm. So th uh, this version of Del Mico that gets a free action off of special actions, and then Vader's Finest, which gives you a special action to focus, effectively means that he's pretty much auto-focused as a six-point figure. So he's blue, blue, yellow, green, uh, also, he's also getting two extra movement points every time he attacks. That's just free on Vader's Finest, so... So you guys can watch that, but yeah, that is being identified as a bit of a problem, and I wouldn't... I won't be surprised. I think we actually already agreed we're going to do this for round two. I mean, this podcast is coming out on Wednesday, the, in the middle of week two of the test, testing league, but uh, we were probably going to make an announcement that we're not... We don't want people to play Dell and... Vader's Finest together. Uh, it's just not going to be something that's going to be available in 8.1, so I don't want, pe want people to waste their time. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some contention on Vader's Finest overall, but it might just be a Del Mico problem. Yeah, we definitely want to see it on something on stuff like um, Aiden and Taro. Uh, might be a problem there, mm -hmm. too. So far, it's we've only seen it on Del and on some generic figures. Um, I also, I'm going to be testing it on uh, uh, Jet Troopers as well, because it seems like it's really strong with them with uh, the Jet's ability, or flyby, um, mm -hmm. being able to be focused and then add a blue, so you're doing uh, green, green, blue, blue, and then you get to move four spaces after you attack. You, know, so you can go four spaces, attack, and then move four spaces back. It's very strong. <laughs> Probably. I don't know yet. I'm going to test it out. Um, so you guys can watch that uh, game. Uh, the other thing that 
uh, was noticeable was uh, there was an interesting play with Second Sister um, to redraw Dark Energy to do an extra damage and push. Um, and it almost killed Chewie, but he got lucky and had a evade uh, on the roll to stop the, her search for Pierce 3. So, <clears throat> that was the only interesting thing That's I saw from Second Sister. He um, kept her back for most of the game, so she didn't get to use Saber Orbit. Yeah, I think there aren't too many uh, good targets for her redraw ability, uh, because it's limited by the cost, and... You know, I think in Rebels, there are more Force user cards we see. I think she has, like, Force Rush and uh, Dark Energy are her best picks for that. Which is still good. Still a good ability. Let's see. Yeah, she can redraw Dark Energy, Deflection, Force Rush, and Deadly Precision. So yeah, probably Force Rush, Dark Energy. Mm -hmm. He did use Deflection on me to kill my one health, uh, Jin Odon. I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, but that was from attacking the Inquisitor. But that was a good inclusion, so you could redraw that. Um, okay, so my next game I played against Sphinx. I played uh, Boba Fett and Super Commandos with uh, Gar Saxon. And I played against a list that had two groups of scout troopers with Vader's Finest and an E-Web with Overwatch. And that list was a lot of fun. Um, Boba is Boba and the Super Commandos are super fun. Uh, I just really enjoyed that spending movement points, a gameplay, and I, ha I actually have to like track it on Vassal just to help me keep track. Like when Gar when Boba Fett like double moves and then you're like okay double move move five spaces okay now I'm gonna uh, wrist cord that guy over here and now I'm gonna flamethrower this group here and how many do I have left okay I have this many left and I'll play opportunistic and you know like <laughs> this is a lot of fun and then the super commandos are just basically mini Boba Fetts um, you know so yeah. Um, and the scout troopers were also very impressive. Um, they were constantly focused, thanks to Vader's Finest, and the gameplay loop that they presented of, okay, first attack will weaken you, and then because you're weakened I get a reroll, and then the second attack I'll add a surge, because you're already weakened, so I have a plus one surge and a reroll, uh, was... Uh, impressive. I, I really liked it. I hadn't seen them in action yet. I, I had not been playtesting them in the development phase, so um, I think Derek came and up. And were they running, um, were they running Finest? Yeah, they had Vader's Finest, so like I said, they were very often focused, very often able to move um, out of the way, or away from the opponent, away from me after they attacked, uh, and they hit pretty hard. Yeah. That that one, Vader's Finest, yeah. felt a lot more balanced. Because the focus wasn't free. I mean, it was free on the for one of them on the first round. But after that, he really had to manage his action economy. Where mm -hmm. 
Um, but he, what he would do often is he would put them into a really dangerous space, normally exposed space, but because of camouflage, um, mm-hmm. he wasn't as worried about them being attacked. And that way he could set up where his scout trooper had a really nice line of sight vector on the map and wouldn't have to choose between moving to get line of sight and uh, focusing. So yeah. they would kind of just sit there and, and pepper me and then use their movement to move into a better spot for the next turn from Vader's finest attack. Kind of sounds like General's Ranks has a run for its money this season. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> and that card still has a ton of utility. Oh, so yeah. So I wouldn't, yeah, nothing wrong I wouldn't see it replacing ranks, it. Yeah, just, uh, you know, Vader's Finest might be the, the new, like, the same tier for different lists. Mm-hmm. It is hard to fit uh, if you start trying to add two, I've noticed. It's like, I can have Officer. Two of the Vader's Finest? Yeah. Hmm. It does, the cost does add up. I haven't seen it on yeah, heavies, but it seems like it would be really good on them, too, since it's free. Yeah, um, on heavies, I bet it's insane. Uh, and then, I finally, I played a game against Morgan. So I, I played that same list of Boba Fett, Super Commandos, and um, Gar Saxon. Uh, the list also had Jabba, a Jawa Scavenger, and C-3PO. So six activations, and oh, and I had smuggling compartment. I was also trying to test out choose a side with Boba Fett. Um, okay. I never actually got to play it. <laughs> the game against uh, Sphinx, it got discarded by Thrawn, and then <laughs> against Morgan, I just never saw it. Even with well, he had a so he was playing a Rogue One list that had Chopper. Um, and so I chose not to put any figures on my terminal because I just didn't want to give up points <coughs> to uh, Chopper because he also had Saw. So he had, his list had, um, so all the Rogue One figures, so he had Cassian, Jin Erso, Baze mm-hmm. Malbus, and Turret, and then he had Hera and Chopper, and he had Saw. So his, he said that Hera and Chopper were in Rogue One, so justified. Hera was in Rogue One? Her, she, her name is mentioned. Oh. So they call out for Captain Syndulla on the on the PA system at the Rebel base. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and the ghost. Gotcha. The ghost is, is, in the final, is in the Battle of Scarif, so it's assumed she's piloting it. Oh, you could have thrown Leia in that list, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as a... He didn't have Rebel Care Package, so he foregoed mm-hmm. uh, C-3PO yeah, and Gideon Argus. Yeah, and at first I was kind of like, hmm, I'm not sure if that's that's right. But then when we were playing, um, what ended up happening is he had so many power tokens going around from Cassian, Jin Erso, um, and... Oh, and K2SO, I forgot K2SO. He's mm-hmm. he's also Rogue One, right? So uh, K2SO. So all of yeah. his attacks were like s- slightly modified, and then he had Hera adding damage as well. So they didn't feel 
un as unfocused as another, most lists would uh, without those focusers. And because he had so many figures, uh, even after I killed two or three of them, it was like, I still have like three figures I have to deal with that are really powerful. Uh, he had, like, I think he had ended up with Jin Urso and K2SO and Saw still almost at full health. And I had killed Cassian and who else? Cassian and I had taken Hera Sorry. out of the fight and I had killed Chopper. Oh, and, and Baze. So I killed Cassian, Baze, and Chopper, and Hera was out of the fight, but I still felt like he had a very functional fighting force, and my force had been whittled down. So. Yeah, because you said he brought Hera. Um, did he have R2? No, he didn't have R2. He had Chopper. Oh, oh. Uh, so he just justified that Chopper would have been with Hera? Uh, Chopper is actually in the Rogue One movie. You can see him. I need to see that movie again. It's been too long. He's got a little cameo. Nice. Uh, but it was surprisingly nice. effective um, because Chopper, once the fighting, once you get to the end game, Chopper can actually move out and like mess people up with RAM. He was mm -hmm. pulling my figures off the objectives, so I actually had to kill him. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I told I was telling the steering committee, and I, I have a hard. I guess I, sh I I used the wrong. I don't know if I'm using the right um, comparison, but. Because for people who play, who have not played during the Spectre Cell era and didn't play a lot against Spectre Cell, they just associate that list with being broken. But I said it was very similar to playing against Spectre Cell in the sense that Spectre Cell always had figures ready to replace the ones that died. Like it never felt like Spectre Cell was running out of steam unless you like killed five of their fi their six, which is very difficult against them. So I was saying, ro this Rogue One list kind of feels very Spectre Cellish, um, but it's not broken. It wasn't like it wasn't broken. Just that like it had it was very good at the attrition game, and I made some mistakes playing right. against it where I I should have prioritized cheaper, less lower health figures dealing to, like because I have a lot of chip damage in my list with the rockets and the flamethrower. I had Headhunter in my list too. I should have mentioned. On Boba, mm -hmm. uh, so I was reducing. Yeah, I think because yeah, yeah. You talked about your Boba headhunter in the Vassal log uh, you did for this. Yeah, I think uh, it must have been versus the Web Scouts, but you like there was one round where you uh, did your flamethrower against Iden, and you hit the droid too, and you're like, I don't care about the droid. That's going to be my headhunter target. Yeah, I think that was correct because I didn't care about the droid. But in this game, I. Was so it, it was like Boba split off from the main group because he split. He tried to flank me. This was on um, mm -hmm. Chopper base, so he tried to flank me up the side of the map. Uh, so I sent Boba to go weaken his three figures that were up there, which was Saw, Cassian, and K2. Um, and go Boba was pretty much able to hold them off by himself with the weaken and his tokens. And then I had um, the Super Commandos and Gar down by the door. And I actually got a pretty good turn off where on round two, um, he he had put all his figure all the other figures up against the door, including Baze and Turret, and 
What did I do? He he activated Cassian to shoot and instead of opening his door. So I use worth every credit to have a super commando be able to open the door and attack. And then the other super commander came down and did a, a rocket and an attack, and they were both focused. Uh, we're looking at super commandos with focus because they are very strong. I don't know if you've seen them other than my... I... Yeah, just your logs. Yeah. Definitely want to see some more of them, though. Yeah, there's still some ongoing debate about super commandos and how strong they are when they're focused because they're also hunters, too, so... Um, and they have that rocket to add that blue dive worth of damage, which doesn't always convert into damage because if you get a surge, you don't don't do any damage with that. But I was able to. Yeah, I actually <coughs> wonder how how a list would do. Like, it's an empire list that would uh, use jets and super commandos, but you don't bring Gar Saxon. You just bring more super commandos. Mm, that's kind of interesting. I feel like you're overloaded at that point on jets, like. Diminishing returns starts to kick in. Is it diminishing returns, or is it just more attacks, more activations, and more things your opponent has to deal with? Yeah, sometimes it's better to make your attacks stronger. Hmm. That's what Vader's Finest is for. So my... <clears throat> I've seen them. I've seen them in, played in Empire. I've play-tested them in Empire myself before release, and mm -hmm. I've now seen... Uh, we saw uh, John versus Blade in the Playtest League. Um, he played them in an Empire. I think Blade had played them, was playing them in his Jets list. Uh, the feeling I've gotten so far is that Super Commandos are better in Scum, and Jet Troopers are better in huh. Empire. I mean, I guess you can only play them in Empire, but... Um, yeah. Because in Scum, you get Focus, and they're just so good with Focus... And yeah. they don't need the Zillow as much. Now, I find Gar to be both good in both. Because uh, he likes to focus in Scum, and he likes Zillow to go along with um, Combat Shield in Empire. Um, honestly, that's why he mm -hmm. has 8 health instead of 9. People commented that he ha his health is very low. It's mostly because of the concern about how he does in Empire with Zillow Technique and Combat Shield. And he has easy access to yeah. block tokens either from Extra Armor or Thrawn there. Yeah, I, I remember a few times uh, looking at the Gar and Super Commandos as the spoilers were coming out, and I was like, wait a minute, so what's Empire getting, or what's Scum getting this season? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there's Scum. Yeah, <laughs> technically. <laughs> there were scum um, before, before they were Empire. Yeah. Well, I think Gar yeah. works in Empire list just as well. I thought you were saying he works better in Empire lists because he has the Zillow. Oh, he's equally, I was saying he's equally as good. Um, but he mm -hmm. is, he's definitely way more durable in Empire. Um, and that's why mm -hmm. he was 8, because I was concerned about him being 9 health in Empire with Zillow and Combat Shield. Because if you think about it, that's, what is that, 2 blocks, 1 in, and an Evade, and no Pierce. Um, it's, it's, he, it's hard to 2-shot him in an Empire list with 9 health. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, um... I just remember, though, and I think it was your game versus Sphinx with the UM Scouts. Um, I just remember, like, you kept talking about how you're using Boba with the Commandos and how good Boba could be if you played him right. And I was, like, starting to get on board with maybe trying out Boba sometime. And then I saw you roll an attack that was, like, two buttholes in a single surge. And I was like, wait, he doesn't even have a re-roll for this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I want to try Boba. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's the, you know, quote-unquote problem with Boba. That's his weakness, right? Is his attack is not yeah. super impressive for a 13-point figure. Yeah. So most of his strength comes from he's super hard to kill, and he can weaken everything around him, um, plus his defense uh, yeah, bonuses. Weaken. The weaken off the flamethrower is so important. Like, I will always... If I have to... A lot of times, if I have to choose between flamethrowering two figures and attacking one figure, I will go with the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. So, the game against Morgan should be going up probably before this episode, so hopefully you guys have checked that one out. Um, yeah, great. And I think I need to go back and give your other games another watch. I podcasted them, but I think uh, I could use another closer look at these. Oh, yeah. And I'll probably put out some other game logs. I got to watch a game live, which was fun. Um, apparently, if you go into Discord when, when two people are playing, they can stream the game for you. <laughs> so yep. I just popped in. Yep. I was at work, about to leave, and I popped into a Discord group uh, channel that had um, John and Blade playing their playtest game. And uh, I was going to watch it for a little bit on on Vassal, and then uh, John like, started streaming, I guess. He clicked the streaming button. I don't know how that works. I've never done that. And so I could actually mm-hmm. see the Vassal map, not the dice, but the map on my phone. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. So I, then I went to the gym, <laughs> and I watched them play while I was like on the Stairmaster. And that was pretty oh, fun. Nice. Uh, nice. The connection was kind of yeah, in and out, um... but... That was fun to watch them play. Yeah. They p- watch them play live and hear them talking as they played. That's cool. That's cool to discover that kind of thing. Yeah, um, sharing screen is something I use with my friends a lot on Discord. You just uh, like we could even do it now, but uh, you know, on a computer, you just there's a button next to where it says voice connected, and it's share your screen. Yeah, so I really appreciate him doing that. <clears throat> Really All right, let's move into our rules to- question topic, and then we'll get enough to our main topic here, which we've kind of already started with our gameplay um, discussion. But yep. So rules question yeah. I picked out was, uh, and this is a non-season eight, since we'll be talking about season eight stuff later. Uh, can Kane Somos choose himself to attack with firing squad as one of the attacking troopers? Um, and the answer is. No, and I should pull up his card here while we're talking about him. Uh, the reason is that Firing Squad uh, says choose two adjacent troopers. And I'm going to pull up the original card. It says choose up to two adjacent friendly troopers. Each of those troopers may interrupt or form an attack targeting the same figure. Uh, so the rule in IA is that you a figure cannot be adjacent to itself. Uh, so... Kane mm-hmm. cannot be an adjacent figure to himself to choose. So, and then you had written here about 
uh, I think, advanced comm systems. Yeah, so I think that was the other part of uh, the guy's original question, which I saw someone else responded to later to clear up. But I was like, well, you know, if you bring Kane Somos, you're often going to bring advanced comm systems because that extends the range to three. Um, and then he, I think part of the question was, well, why doesn't it work with advanced comm systems? And the answer there is that advanced comm system changes abilities on your deployment card that choose or affect adjacent friendly figures or figures within two spaces, uh, Kane Somos's case being adjacent friendly figures, changes those abilities to so that they can choose or affect other friendly figures within three spaces instead. And the key word here is that they can choose or affect other friendly figures. And that other is always referring to other than the actual figure performing the ability. Yep. And then there's a question here about Callus. Yeah, so just something I, I noticed and uh, had kind of a noodly wordy question here is that when I look at Callus's Hunt Descent, his ability... I know that people use advanced comm systems on Callus to extend Hunt Descent to basically range 3. But I noticed that it says... Uh, Hunt Ascent is when your opponent plays a command card, you may distribute two power token damage among friendly figures within one space. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you look at advanced comm systems, it only affects abilities that affect friendly figures within two spaces or abilities that affect adjacent friendly figures. And I, I guess my question is, how does it affect Hunt Descent when the wording on Hunt Descent is that it affects friendly figures within one space? Because that's kind of neither of those two qualifiers for ACS. Yeah, so the way that works is within one space is within two spaces. So, so okay. advanced comm systems will affect anything that is affecting a friendly figure within two spaces, within a two-space radius. Um, callus ability affects friendly figures within a one space radius that is within two spaces so it extends that out to within three spaces because you notice it doesn't say um it says adjacent but it doesn't necessarily say uh or what was i saying sorry yeah it, it it's just because of the because it's within two spaces within one space is part of that okay yeah i can see that and then uh, another little tack on here is that if you want to hunt Descent, can you hunt Descent and give one token to Callus using his original range and another token with the range 2 or 3 granted by Advanced Comp Systems? Yes, yes you can. Advanced Comp Systems is, nice. per, is on a case-by-case -case basis. You can choose to apply it as you want. Um, so, nice. yeah, you can definitely distribute one to himself and then one to a figure within three spaces. Cool. So it works exactly like it sounds like it should when you don't dissect it. And then when you dissect it, it still works. Yep. Perfect. All right. Okay, well, that was it. Just wanted to add that little bit of noodliness. All right, so should we get into our main topic then? Yeah, let's jump in. Alright, so main topic is Season 8. 
So we've already kind of talked about our experiences um, in our gameplay discussion. Um, do we want to talk about the discussion we've seen so far, or maybe some of these lists, if we want to go over that? Maybe highlights? Yeah, let's... Hmm. We could talk about... Um... Let's talk about discussion that we've seen. Yeah, I think this is a good chance to sort of inform folks who aren't deep into like the Discord chat or the Slack, like what people are talking about <clears throat> about the new season. Now, do you think that we? I'll leave this to you. Do you think we should do the FAQs separate at the end, or do that during the discussion? Because I saw you wrote some FAQ lists down. There. Um, yeah, we don't have to go through all these. This is just like some of the FAQs I've been gathering for the the document, mm -hmm. the FAQ document. I just wanted to write them here for my reference. Um, now let's go. We'll integrate that into it. Great, because I was thinking we could go down the list of a uh, season eight card list that you have here. Sure. All right, so the first one is technician training, and I know there's been a lot of discussion on that one on the Discord. Yeah. So, yeah, do you want to lead with that? Oh, yeah, I po I made like a big uh, post about this because there have been questions of people like why why is this a skirmish upgrade? Like why can't why isn't this just a rules? like a rules upgrade to these figures and the answer to that is that well I posted my I made my post in Discord but the TLDR was uh, that making it a skirmish upgrade has some benef big benefits one of which is that it shows up in the um, deployment card section of list builders so it's easily easy to find that way and I don't have we don't have to like make special accommodations with folks that create the list builders uh, or Vassal. Mm -hmm. It's got built-in um, rules that tell you how it works. So it's like, you know, it's a skirmish upgrade and it costs zero. You put it in your list. It's not, you know, it, it's not something new that people have to figure out or that we have to write a paragraph about being like, okay, this is a reference card. You should print it out, put it next to your deployment cards, reference it while you're playing, etc., etc. <clears throat> it just says it right there. Skirmish upgrade, zero points. That's what it does. Um, and then the question of like, well, what if, so if 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 it has an effect even when it's not in your list, like what's the point? And the reason we did that was we just didn't want people to have the feel bad of when, like when you forget to put advanced comm systems or heroic effort in your list. Like, that sucks, but it happens. I've seen it. I've seen people who don't put that in, those cards in their list, and so you just forget. Uh, it would affect, yeah. have a much bigger effect on your list building if you're, you put a bunch of technician cards in your list, in your deck, and then you can't use them with, the, with most of your figures because you forgot to put technician training in. Uh, so we just wanted to be forgiving on that front of, like, don't worry if you forget to put it in. You'll still be able to play your technician cards the way you were supposed to. And uh, yeah. so that's why we were forgiving on that. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't be. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I was thinking as I was reading. Like, well, maybe maybe we should just <laughs> make it so you have to. Uh, but, yeah. I had uh, thought, of, thought of two... So, well, one reason I guess I don't like the idea that you 
you would have to bring it is that you also have those separate versions of the deployment cards. Yeah. But they're not, like, labeled IACP cards. So then it, it feels like it'd be all kinds of messy if you guys did that. I think um, I think it's simple to just say, you're like, yeah, they're, they're technicians now, and that's the message we want to get across. And then uh, this is, you know, technician training itself is just kind of a reference card, but it is technically a skirmish upgrade. Yeah, the other reason is this is how FFG would have most likely done this if they had implemented it through the game. Mm. Um, they don't mm. really errata cards like this. and When they do positive erratas, like so not nerfs, they they would normally print a card that for people to like to put in a box to sell to people. <clears throat> um, so yeah. this fits with the aesthetic of the game. Um... And then people were concerned about, like, well, wouldn't this limit future design if you want to design a card that, like, can exhaust other car deployment cards for a, as a cost or that can deplete an opponent's deployment cards? Like, that would be broken if you could, if this could be depleted and all of a sudden you're, you're, your technicians are not technicians anymore. And, um, and the answer to that is, like, that is very easy to design around. We already have multiple zero-point skirmish upgrades in the game that would be very problematic if they were if something was designed mm -hmm. like that um depleting our opponent's deployment mm -hmm. cards is just not something we'd ever go for it's too disruptive to the game um to a lot of a lot of skirmish upgrades our lists are completely built around them and having access to them and being able to just pinpoint destroy that would be so disruptive and have almost no counterplay so i mean like you, like we've said before um Empire is basically balanced around Zillow existing. Yep, and then there's creature lists that are completely balanced around Beast Tamer. There's vehicle lists that are completely balanced around Imperial retrofitting. Um, there's a lot of a lot of lists are just functionally designed around skirmish upgrades because they are semi sacred in this in the game. <clears throat> so that's why I didn't. Feel like there was a problem with that you can easily design you can easily design those cards too and have them not touch technician training yeah yeah do you think it would be a simple solution to also add stuff about technicians to the iacp rule document yeah you probably will Kind of like where you put keywords and stuff, and maybe it also references this yeah, card. Yeah, I'm kind of gonna have to do that anyway. So. Yeah, I think that would be that would solve a lot of problems. Like, that just makes it global. It is what happens, and here's your reminder card that you should bring. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm on a bit cool. of a little time table here, so I'm gonna go through. <laughs> I'm gonna go through the cards that I've actually seen. <clears throat> so like I've actually not been able to get okay. all in a day's work to happen yet. I'm still trying to get that working. Mm -hmm. Just not been able to draw it or keep it in my hand. Uh well you did have a question uh for it, right? Uh, you clear the yeah, well it does work with like free special actions. So Chewy uh like Chewy Slam is a free special action. And um, what's the other one? All of Del Mico. Huh? Repair. Uh, repair. Oh, yeah, repair. Uh, slam. And just Del Mico's a 
efficiency in general. Yep. So that still works. Yeah. So, so all of those still let you play all in a day's work or to the limit. Because um, that's a similar worded command card. Okay, and then I uh, go ahead and move on. I know we spent a lot of time with technician training, but I think these other ones aren't going to be as long. Um, personal energy shield's been great. Um, been using. I got to use that with Chewbacca. Uh, I guess we were going to talk about our about the discussion. So let me look, go down the list here and see uh, what we were talking about. There was some discussion about. I don't know. I guess not. Set the charge. Oh, Supercharge. There was some confusion about that card. Um, but just to clarify, with Supercharge, that's the one that's one point, technician only, perform an attack, and you add the yellow dice until there's four dice total, and then you suffer strain equal to the surges rolled. Um, the, the way it works is it's played before you attack as a special action, and then once you go to roll your dice, that's when you add the yellow dice. So that happens after all <clears throat> all other effects that would add dice to the attack, which include focus, stuff like tools for the job. Um, that will mm -hmm. all have already been played when you get to the point where before rolling dice, add yellow dice to the attack pool. So that's that's immediately before rolling dice. Yep, they designed this one to add those yellow dice uh, at the last possible potential second so that you cannot go above four. Right. That is correct. Um, let's see. Supercharge, disable, double or nothing. Um, I, I don't know that... Uh, I've seen some lists build like with double or nothing, and it looks like people just throw this in as... Uh, you know, it already seems like it's a stable. I haven't seen anyone use it, but I've seen lists build it, and it's just kind of, you know, they just kind of throw it in whenever they have smugglers. I think I used it with Chewy to re-roll a red die that had a single damage on it, and I got a red die that had two damage on it. Um, I think it is, it's I think it's strictly better than tools. Like, I would run this over tools every time, because it's, mm -hmm. it's effectively heightened reflexes. Yeah, it's the smuggler's heightened reflexes. Um, and then other than that, it's like you can get plus one damage, or you can re-roll a, a big, a good roll to get a re even bigger roll. So it's it's very flexible. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely worth it. Uh, let's see, double nothing, elusive. So this one's confusing. It's going to be in this FAQ. I don't think it's there's been a lot of talk about it online, but um, basically. I played it in the uh, in that game uh -huh. I did, um, so I guess I didn't mention it in the notes. But elusive, I used it to save Rebel Salvador. That was fun. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's it's pretty much just like parry for white dice figures. That's how it's felt to me. Um, which is yeah. you know pretty good. But the confusion here is we didn't. I don't think I word we worded this correctly, but this is how it's worded right now. Um, is you don't actually have to choose a defense die if there is none, if there, if there are none. Um, as long as there's an attack die to choose, you can choose the attack die, and then if there's no defense dice results to choose, then you end up removing the attack dice results for free. So if they element yeah. of surprise away your dice, then you can just basically remove one of their attack die results if you have no defense dice to choose from. Um, sim 
Similarly, okay. if they heightened reflexes, your defense dice results, you can choose. You can still choose that defense die because it's still there. And uh, even though it has no results, you you would remove all symbols. But the intent is that it works even if there's no die to begin with. To um, I don't know what the intent was with this. I don't know if that's the actual intent, but the person who designed it said that's how it works right now. So. Okay. <laughs> that's that's I guess that's yes, that is the intent since that's how it's going to work in the FAQ, at least for 8.0. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then if that changes so be it. Uh oh there was some talk either way. Uh I think yeah. I was going to say I used elusive. I think my opponent had like a a red die with two damages and I had a white die that rolled a blank. I was like, well, Let's get rid of my zero results and your two results, and now I live. Right. Yeah, this is... So that was fun. It was templated after the other card, Faint. Um, and the mm -hmm. problem was that with Faint, if you ever get to a point where you don't have any attack dice in the pool, like, you're, you're not... Your attack's not doing anything anyway. So... Um, it Obviously, it changes once you go to defense because you have... There's the attack will do something if there's no defense dice. Um, so I think we probably needed a... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say we needed different templating because it might stay this way. It just depends. Uh, I think it's a little bit untu unintuitive right now the way it works. So hmm. uh, Field promotion. There was a question about this one and how it affects cards that um, affect your deployment cost. So like change of plans... Uh, and currently, yeah. so we have to dig into the rules on this one. Your figure cost is equal to your deployment cost, uh, but it's a re it's a one-way reference. So your figure cost references your deployment cost. Your deployment cost is so this is for single uh, single figure groups, of which all leaders are. Sing there's no double. There's no multi-figure group leaders currently, because uh, that would be broken mm -hmm. with new orders. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's a one-way reference where your deployment cost, your figure cost uh, is equal to your deployment cost. So in this case, if you play field promotion, your figure cost will increase by two. That won't increase your deployment cost because your deployment cost is not based on your figure cost. It's the other way around. So it, let's say that um, Gideon Argus plays field promotion. His figure cost yeah. will go from three to five but his deployment cost will stay at three. Uh, and that's for any card that references deployment cost, which is strength in numbers and change of plans. They will mm -hmm. not reference the increased figure cost. They will reference the printed deployment cost. Okay. Um, that sounds like it needs an FAQ. Yeah, it'll be in the FAQ. Great. I get it now, but I'm definitely going to forget which way it is meant to be later on. That might also be changing, because I think that was... I think the intuitive uh, result would be that that would affect strength in numbers and change in plans. Change of plans, so... Uh, let's see, the next one is... I'm just going down the list. Oh, just business. People are asking about that one. Mm -hmm. um, what happens when you stack professional 
Uh, I think currently we are at, we came to the decision that um, professional is redundant when stacked. So it doesn't do Yeah, anything. so if, you, if your figure already has professional yeah. and then gains professional from this, it's still just one reroll. So I take it you haven't really had a chance to play this with all of your uh, use of the super commandos? Uh, I have not used it in my super commando list. Mostly because I've been working, uh, I've been including choose a, choose a side, which is three points. Mm -hmm. Eats up a lot of space in the deck. We'll talk about that one because I yeah. think Herbie just made a post about choose a side. Well, also your super commandos have professional, so there's like no, uh, right. not as much benefit to using that in that list. Right. Although Bobo would love a reroll, but yeah, it's not it's not great. Hey, Saxon Nexus would love it. Yeah, Nexus still like it. Um, okay. Let's see. So we talked about Bays and Final Stand. Those are good. Uh, turret is interesting. Let's see. Turret Mway. Apparently he's missing a colon. Yeah. Oops. I'll fix that. Um. So his ability, I'm one with the force, uh, is interesting because it's the same timing window as get behind me. So apparently if you target Chirrut and he's next to an opponent's figure, he can do the he can do, deal the damage and apply minus one damage to the attack, and then you can have someone another guardian uh, play get behind me to take the attack for him, and they still will have minus one damage applied to the attack results. Hmm. So that's fun. Huh. That is fun. I I found that when I played when I played against Turret, I just never attacked him. I just didn't want to trigger that because he would stick next to one of my figures every time. Has anyone made the deflection Jedi with Turret list yet? Uh no. I don't well actually I think so, actually. Let's see. I saw him being played in one Jedi list. Let's see, Chirrut, here, Chirrut and Yoda, uh, this was played by Mark versus Tuka, we have Chirrut, Yoda, Mara Jade, Kanan, Baze, and Cal, I mean, I don't see the, well, he can't play Deflection, he doesn't um. get behind me here. Because deflection's a right. uh... well, sure he can't play deflection, but I mean, in a list where you have Yoda and Luke uh, pinging damage for getting attacked, I think you know he he might be a good addition to that kind of a list. Yeah. Um. So he tends. I've noticed he just tends to stick around because he's not a very appealing attack target. Yeah, people don't want to hit him. Um, let's see, moving through, uh, Cal Kestis, so I think this came up during spoiler season, but the question was, um, if the opponent's down to just one activation and you hit them with four slow, what happens? And of course, you can't, since they can't activate that figure during their next opportunity to resolve an activation, they effectively are forced to pass. Um, it's not it's not an actual yep. pass in, as defined in the rules, but it's a unable to activate. So don't you don't they don't activate anything. 
Um, that doesn't mean that that if the that doesn't mean that the the phase ends or that like you can somehow skip the whole round because <laughs> the activation phase doesn't end until all deployment cards have been um, exhausted. Hmm. Yeah. So. If, well. Yeah. So. So even if you had zero deployments and they had the one and you hit them with the force slow, um, they would basically pass and then it go back to them and they would still finish their their one. Yeah, like for example, the only way this would really happen is let's say the Cal yeah. you're down to just Calcastus and like Darth Vader, and those are the only two figures on the board, and Calcast your opponent has yeah, the Darth and Calcastus player plays take initiative, and they exhaust Cal, right? as their only ready figure, yep. his only ready deployment card, and then they force low Vader. So Cal has initiative now and then um, can't activate anything, and then Vader can't activate either, right? So now what happens? Well, mm -hmm. it will go back to the Cal Kestis player. They cannot activate anything. They don't have any eligible deployments to activate. goes back to the Vader player, now, because it's not their next opportunity to resolve after Force Slow resolved, they can now activate Vader. Yep. So, tried to word we tried to word that one so it didn't create like an endless loop of getting stuck in a in that. So, hopefully that is clear. Um, I haven't seen Sasuke and I haven't seen much discussion, um, but I have a list where I want to play her in. So, we'll see. I want to play Sasuke too. Uh, several lists. Let's see. Is she been cool played by anybody? Nobody's used her yet that I've seen, so. That's so unfortunate. She looks so cool yeah. now. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. Listen, it's been one week. I wouldn't blame, you know, this. I would blame the fact that you guys pumped out technically like 50 cards this yeah, season. So. But really 35. Just give it give it a couple more weeks. We'll see Sasuke. She's coming. I don't have any data on Verena either, um, but I've heard people saying she is easier to fit into lists now. Uh, we talked... Same comment we saw on yeah. Bosk. Uh, we talked about Del Mico already. Um, that That is likely going to lead to some kind of change with him and Vader's Finest. We're not sure what that is yet. Most common suggestion has been to remove um, the ability to put it on unique figures. Um, so we want to see how that works with how it works with Aiden and Taro and some other unique figures before we do that. Because you know, if we're cutting out, we might just be able to change Dell instead, so he's not as broken with it. Um, yeah. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think there was a, some discussion about support specialist, his command card. It was like, let's see, choose droid, technician, or trooper. Um, you can use it to technically give him an extra action with expertise. Oh, yeah. Because you can choose himself, and then yeah. it's a special action, so you get a free action on top. So you, you can get three actions on Delmigo with this card. 
basically two points for a free action, but it can't be a second Although, attack action, so. Wait. They interrupt to perform an action. Yeah, and it's free to use it once per activation. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, oh, that was the other thing somebody came up with, was have Mara Jade use this on Delmico. Yeah. <laughs> but hmm. you don't get as much value, because Mara Jade doesn't have expertise. Um, let's see, Vader's Finest, everybody's been talking about. Let's talk about it for a second. We kind of talked about it a lot during the first part of the show. I think it, it's it's weird how, like, you guys are trying to find out how much you might need to rein this in. Um, but what, like, it's like, there's an, this is based on an original FFG card, and, uh, you know, you guys are going to wind up reining it in, and it's going to be like, it's going to get to this point where there's upsides to both versions of the card. <laughs> Not that the original is very playable, but like, um, like already, your focus is once per game per round, or once per group per round. Whereas the original is like, yeah, you can do this on all three figures if you want, it just takes their two full actions to do. Yeah, and that's pretty prohibitive. Like, not being able to even move your figures out of the deployment zone round one to get that focus is, yeah. is tough. Like I said, it's not like, um... It's not like the original Vader's Finest is suddenly going to be playable or anything, but I find it funny that the way we had to upgrade this and then we have to start reining it in because upgrading it was actually too strong. Yeah, and I like, like it's not like we're going to go put it back to two points or anything. That's just too high for an attachment. Yeah. Um. I would wonder if you made it two special actions but also gave them two movement points, if that would make it... Um, I don't know how that would make it. It would not make it... It would make it niche, but it might still be playable. Yeah, the problem is that then you're like... You can only focus every other turn, or you can't really focus after the first turn, because then you don't get yeah. to attack. So I think we talked about that, too, uh, being a possibility, but... The idea is to try and keep getting that focus at a at a heavy action cost, um, and you can't really mm -hmm. do that if you want to keep attacking. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're just gonna keep testing it, seeing what what's broken with it, what's fine, and then update it as needed to so it doesn't interact with the problematic cards. What if, um, so I know one thing you talk about is, hey, maybe we're going to make it so it doesn't work on single figure groups, and so you kind of want to see how it works on Tarot or mm -hmm. Iden, which makes sense. Um, but if you wind up just needing to change Del Miko, can you just make it so that he cannot have an attachment? Um, that's interesting. I don't know if we'd want to do that. We'd probably just make a change to expertise if we change something on Del Mico. Mm hmm Yeah, I just don't see how you're gonna change expertise without uh 
you know, kind of taking away that whole uh, ability. It's possible. There's there's ways to do it. I don't know if I want to spoil it. I mean, we we haven't changed it okay. yet. Yeah, we can we can. But gotcha. I've got ideas. Sounds like you guys already got that one cooking. Yeah, there's ways you can. There's ways to. I'll just say there's ways to implement like half actions. You don't need just all full actions. Uh, We've done it in gotcha. the past with other cards. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Uh, what's oh Gar? So let's talk. Well, Gar. So Gar's Saxon. Skipping down the list. Yeah. What What's been our um. What's the discussion been like on Gar? I haven't seen much. You haven't seen much? Um, I think he's just cool. I think, you know, I saw him in your list. Uh, I think other people are excited to take him and use him. Um, I, at first, was underwhelmed with the choose-a-side of like, getting the personal combat shields. I was like, oh, you know, just more defense for a round. But I think that's just because I wanted to do all the damage. Um, so I was excited to think about taking him in an Empire list. But I think after seeing you use him in... You haven't used Choose a Side yet, but it sounds like all of your defense also getting personal combat shield would kind of be insane. Um, so... So I think yeah, that's you know. that was the thought with that. I mean, mostly it was cost. Choose a side that was costed for the flamethrower, like just the concept of mm -hmm. a bunch of jet troopers or probe droids suddenly all being able to use flamethrower. <laughs> it was like we should cost this a three and then see how it does, because we worked for a long time yeah. on this. Figuring out what this card was supposed to do, so it it came it came all to came all together kind of late in development where we finally had a version that we liked. Um, but Herbie made a post, and we kind of were coming to the same conclusion right right around the same time, right before this post today that he just made, that it's not really worth it's not quite worth its points. Um, I think it's been me playing and getting fuel upgrade very many times um, and realizing mm -hmm. that in scum choose a side is pretty much just a bad fuel upgrade because um, what you're doing is you're giving everything plus one evade but only when they spend a block token whereas you look at fuel upgrade it mm -hmm. gives you plus one evade on all of your defense and a plus one speed so yeah, I think that one's probably going to be getting changed. I still need to see how the flamethrower thing works. It's probably not worth three. It's been pointed out that like you're you're probably going to be giving up attacks, some number of attacks to use that flamethrower on your figures. So like if you if you have to give them an attack with a jet to flamethrower, uh, it's also not weakening. So it's not like the best flamethrower. Hmm. Um, so I would expect the choose a side will come down. I've actually been realized my list has been compromised by it, uh, having it in my command deck. I could have had much stronger cards in my command deck uh, instead of that. So I'm going to be starting to test without it uh, until we figure out how we want to change it. See only one, one match with Gar in Empire, but four in Scum. Yeah. 
but he's not winning in scum. Very yeah, much. I would. I would not. I'm not looking at the win rates right now because we only have nine games. So true. Yeah. Right now, it's all quali- <laughs> qualitative uh, data. It's just mm-hmm. like what's happening yeah. in the games. How are things playing out? Uh, which is similar to what our data looks like internally. So it's going to be close, right? I mean, we've already played. We've already gotten more games played of season eight in this first week than we've got when we had played in like two or three weeks as a steering committee. So more people, more time. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Something I've heard though is like Airborne Commander is very swingy. It can either be feast or famine. Uh, in all my games with Gar, I have not triggered it once other than to gain a block token because it's always been an overkill. Uh, but I have heard that some people have triggered it where they were basically adding plus two damage on top of their uh, like super commandos attack, and it was very powerful. So you said airborne. Yeah, that's Gar Saxon's ability to share his surge surge abilities. Oh right, right, right. Sorry, kind of got lost there. And you said that it. How I'm sorry, I missed how you said it. Uh, it's been performing. very swingy. Um, as in, like, either mm. feast or, I said feast or famine. Yeah. It's either, like, it doesn't matter yeah. the whole game, or it, like, adds an insane amount of damage to one or two attacks uh, to get a kill. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've played him... Because you do... Hmm? Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I've played him, like, four times now, and I've not used it ever to add damage. Hmm... Yeah, I think the issue with a lot of these Gar abilities is, <clears throat> between this and Choose Aside, uh, is that you kind of need things to get the benefit of these things. So, to get a benefit of Airborne Commander, you need not only to have Surges, but you need to Oversurge. And to get benefit from Personal Combat Shield, you need... Um, or at least from Choose Aside Personal Combat Shield, you need to have Block Tokens. Yep. Which you can get from Gar, but to get that, you also need to have enough surges to get the block tokens. Yep. Um, and then the... So I can see how it's swinging. Yeah. And then the Super Commandos um, have been very strong, at least with Focus, as I mentioned. Um, there's definitely some debate mm-hmm. going on, because we've been like comparing them to weak ways, and... From the math I've seen that's been done, even if you uh, a, a, a jetpack like a super commando plus a jetpack rocket is the same as a hidden weak way attack in terms of damage. Um, but I think they get. S- and does that account for the professional? Yeah, because they both have a reroll. Speakways have a reroll. Okay. Speakways okay. actually have yeah, a better reroll, sure. but that sure. balances out. Um, I don't remember what it was with their focus, but it seems like they are really strong when you focus them. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, those have been really good um, and ton of a ton of fun using those movement abilities. Um, let's see. I wonder if if in a scum list, Mern would be worth bringing if you're gonna like do super commandos guard. And then hidden for extra surges to get off Gar's ability more often. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Just a thought. You could yeah. temporary alliance them in. 
Mm-hmm. Um. And then, oh, uh, Queel. I don't think we've seen Queel yet. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's on I... there. I don't have all the playtest games back yet. Uh, logs. I'm missing maybe three or four, so. I can say I personally haven't come up with a list where I would bring Queel yet. And I, I don't know how uh, how much... like He seems really cool and fun. I don't know how many people are actually thinking about bringing him at the moment. I don't know if you've seen any uh, talk Not really. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a lot of interest yet. He's a bit of a novelty figure. Um, but I think mm-hmm. you put him in with Maul and you'll get some good results. <laughs> oh, that might be true. Or Bosk. Yeah. The, I guess the thing with Queel is like... I thought about like, oh... You know, he one of the issues in my Scum Force user list is getting yep. people in, right? And Quill could help with that and then be like a shield for them. But then I thought, okay, well, he's four points. Is that worth dropping Dr. Mm. Afro? Or, like, what do I pick out to put that in that list? I think it might be. It'd be worth trying. But um, Afro also does a lot. That might be worth trying. Scumfew, Force Users, plus Queel, Season 8. Yep. Uh, Get Maul, Terran, Mara, all closer. Alright, and then we've seen Bosk get some play, uh, and then... Nice. What's the other one? Oh, Nexu. I actually haven't seen the Nexu directly yet. I haven't reviewed the game logs I have with them, but we have gotten some games with them. Let's see, we had Tuka playing a double Nexu list, and he he won his playtest game with that, so it's two Elite Nexu, so they're five points now. He had R2-D2, Greedo, BT, Hondo, 3PO, Vinto, Elite Jawa, Beast Tamer, and Extra Armor. So no Gar Saxon there. Um, let's see, Nexu... There's one more. Oh, here's one with Gar Saxon. This was... Oh, this was Stephanie and Brandon's at-home list. She played Gar... Gar Saxon, Super Commandos, Nexu, Jabba, Dr. Afra BT, Triple Zero. Oh, nice. She's got the full package. Uh, Black Market, Extra Armor, Feeding Frenzy. Uh-oh, is there no Beast Tamer here? Thirteen... Nineteen... 24, 28, 32, 36, 39. No, there should be Beast Tamer. There's only 39 points here. So I think she just missed it. Or I missed it. I'm going to add that in there. Um, and she lost, but only by 38 to 42 points against the Rogue One list, Brendan's Rogue One list, uh, which is similar to uh, mm. Morgan's, but he's running Pathfinders instead of Hera. Yeah. What's interesting, uh, talk, going back to Gar, is, and kind of with the Nexus, because they're mobile, uh, I'm not seeing Cad Bane in any of the Gar lists, which is something I expected uh, to see. Um, I think we did have one. I guess, oh, is Gar not a no, hunter? No, he's not a hunter. Oh my gosh. Uh, just, like the, just like the Purge Commandos from Season 7. 
the Purge Troopers are hunters. Oh no, they're not brawlers. Yeah. The commander is not a, a brawler. Somebody said that just Yeah, um, somebody said that he's not a hunter because of because of the trait limit, because he needed to be a trooper, a leader, and a vehicle. Um, I didn't realize that was the case. I thought he just wasn't a hunter because he's more of a, like, troop leader. Like, he doesn't go out and bounty hunt people. Mm -hmm. He's, he's like a leader. He's just a commander. So I mm -hmm. am totally fine with him not being a hunter thematically. Um, I'm also kind of fine with mm -hmm. it gameplay-wise, because he hits really hard. He really doesn't need the help. <laughs> True. True. I wasn't thinking about his uh, ability to use command cards, but I was thinking like, oh, like Cad Bane would be really cool if he could, you know, move guard to safety. Oh, but yeah. He not. Do that. Yeah, he's not part of the... Because Cad's one of the other mobile figures. He's a hunter. The super commandos are hunters. Even without Gar being a hunter, I'm surprised I haven't seen Cad run with Super. Uh, so John did against Seems like a Blade. Great I have a I have that list here. That was actually a Super Commando oh, mirror okay. match, but it was Super Commandos in Empire mm. versus Super Commandos in Mercenaries. That was actually a tie. They had a draw, drawn score, but one wow. person had more kill points. Um, I'm guessing Celebration got played in that game. <clears throat> So Bosk, it was Boss Super Commandos, an Elite Claudite, Jabba, Cad Bane, Dr. Afra, Bib Fortuna, Smuggling Compartment, and Black Market. Yeah. Um, and that was John's list, the, the guy that um, updated Tabletop Simulator for everybody. And Blade was playing Empire, he had two yeah. Elite Jet Troopers, one group of Super Commandos, uh, he had... Gar Saxon, Del Mico, Imperial Officer, Extra Armor, Rule by Fear, uh, two officers, and Temporary Alliance and Zillow Technique. But no Vader's Finest on Del Mico in this list. Uh, and yeah, and no Gar Saxon on the sky. <coughs> that, list. that game was the one I got to watch live, and that was pretty insane because nice. uh, Blade started off round two with this was on Uscrew. Uh, John had bunched mm -hmm. all of his figures up against the door by the booth, and Blade uh, started off with Call the Vanguard, uh, Fuel Upgrade, and then Overrun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> like, an orbital bombardment costs four points. <laughs> There's a bombardment here? No, uh, he did overrun and he dealt like 10 damage to five fig amongst five figures and uh, I was like yeah 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 he basically bombarded, bombarded for a two point yeah. command card yeah um okay so <clears throat> so anyway um so yeah we did see Cad Bane with Bosk there um he does benefit from not sorry not Bosk Cad Bane with uh Gar Saxon he does benefit from Gar Saxon's uh airborne leadership and if you focus him, he can add a, a surge power yep. token to spike his damage a little yep. bit more. Yeah, he would, he would definitely benefit from that. Um, I think we've okay. run through the list. I'm just going to look at the list that I've got here just quickly so we can see what people are playing, and then I think we'll call it there. 
Um, so I gonna... I see that your season eight list does not include orbital bombardment. Does it not? No, it's at the top, isn't it? No, I, you left that. It's all in the it's the community's fault, as oh, you said before. Right, I'll just add it in here. This card is the community's Zero. fault. Orbital bombardment. I see one other use of this uh, of bombardment though, besides the game I played. Isaac versus Adam. Oh yeah, what did he do? It was a Krennic Scout Trooper list with an E web. Whoa. Krennic Bombardment Scout Trooper E Web. Okay, Death Trooper ISB. I was like, where's the rest of your deployments? Uh, Overwatch, Zillow, and Rubai Fear. Interesting. Yeah, Adam won that game with Orbital Bombardment, okay. so. I'll have to ask Isaac wow. how that went. Yeah. It looks like he had it on Krennic. And then this is another Super Commando list Isaac had. Yeah, so Isaac had uh, Sabine and Probe Droid instead of Boba in his list. Hmm. Yeah, let's see what else other people are playing. Sabine and Probe Droid. So I mentioned the Yoda list. That was Mark. Talked about that game. Talked about my games against Sphinx. Um, a lot of love for Rogue One, seeing the Rogue One figures getting played together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've only got nine games so far of data, so it's pretty much what we've got. So far, a lot of Super Commandos getting played, a lot of Bays, um, a lot of Del Mico, a lot of E-Webs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised with Overwatch. You guys must have just been fed up with people not taking it. So you made it cost zero. I have the games I've seen it. I have seen it do not much. So it's kind of worth its points. <laughs> Although not worth its no, wait, I should still? mention Isaac <laughs> oh, was talking about his game um, in our internal chat, and he said that. Um, he got his Gark Saxon got one shotted by a Eweb playing uh attacking with an Overwatch token. He like stepped on an Overwatch with Gar Saxon and he died in one shot. <laughs> and I was like, that seems very unlikely. Uh but he's like, Oh, he had a Krennic token and I think he played a concentrated fire. So Gar Saxon's not the person to step on an Overwatch token. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> uh yeah. I don't know if he had a block token either. That's something I've been surprised by. I keep hearing people say he's not mm -hmm. squishy, and I'm like, "Well, did you use combat shield?" And they're like, "Well, no, I didn't. Ha he didn't have any block tokens. He didn't. He didn't get a chance to make one yet." And I was like, "Okay, well, the extra armor exists for a reason." But I, I, well, not everyone's <laughs> gonna take that. I do concede that I think after seeing him getting played more, um, combat shield is not quite as strong as I initially thought um, with. I thought it would be like making him into a Boba Fett level defense. Um, but I've noticed sometimes the evade just doesn't matter. Like in my game against Morgan, he just was rolling all hits. Like I was getting like so many evades from fuel upgrade and combat shield, and he was just like, okay, I rolled six hit, six damage pips. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. Um, so combat shield, I may have over 
overvalued it a little bit. <clears throat> so you might see that see Car Saxon get an update. But that was my that's my only um, Overwatch story that I have right now. Hmm. Gotcha. I don't have any yet either. All right. But all right. I think we've covered everything so far for a weekend. All right. Well, thanks everybody for watching. I hope you guys are having fun playing your season eight games, uh, playtest games. Make sure to, if you do play a playtest game, uh, and you don't play it on Vassal, make sure you go to the main website, uh, which we we're get, working on getting fixed. It, the security certificate expired, but. Um, Make sure you go there and submit a uh, survey uh, detailing your list and who won and who lost so we can get more data for our Season 8 testing. All right. Yeah, please do, because this game is Second a lot part. of fun. Anything you want to plug before we go out? Yep, as always, my YouTube. I do more streaming there, and I am actually going to be starting a Star Wars video game playthrough uh, for May the 4th, which... You might be able to catch. There's actually a community poll up right now to see what game it's going to be. I basically looked at Steam, picked all the video games that are on sale there, and said, okay, uh, you community, tell me what I'm going to play. Except for the newest Jedi Survivor game. I was told that that game is optimized horribly, and I doubt I could stream it and run it at the same time. Yeah, that looks like poop. <laughs> but the first one is hopefully better. It's on that list. But I think Lego Star Wars is winning at the moment. Yeah, I'm pissed. I can't even watch the new one as like a YouTube movie because all the cutscenes have like pop in and terrible frame rate and like mm. I don't even want to play the game and I can't. Yeah, I mean I was. <laughs> I mean I put it as an option, but I I when I was making the poll, I tried to add the caveat like yeah we could do this one. I haven't played the first one yet. Uh, and then when someone told me like yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a bad time if they pick that one. Uh, it's not going to run well. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll play the first one then. And maybe next year for May the 4th, uh, it'll be better optimized with a few more updates. All right. Well, with that, we will see you guys. But that's see it. See you guys in the next one. All right. Stay frosty, everyone. All right. Send me your audio log or your audio file. And we'll get this up on Wednesday. <laughs>